Yes. So remember, Paul, last one we had 13 followers. No, sorry, 13 plays. Mm. Two followers. We now have three followers on <laughs> But we have 171 plays. 171. 171. Mm. That's pretty good, right? That's pretty good. I have to look my best. Mm. Hi and welcome to the third episode of our podcast, The Voice of 5G. In the webcast studio here at Ericsson headquarters, we have... Paul Cowling. And Janina Hedberg. And today we're going to talk about uh, 5G spectrum. And uh, spectrum, I mean, that's usually what we think about when it comes to colors it or is. light. It is. What? But a spectrum. So we're, we're going to talk about spectrum, but we're, we're gonna, really going to talk about is uh, radio waves. Correct. Radio waves. There are and great names in like Marconi and Maxwell. Uh-huh. Uh, all, all about uh, radio waves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, we think about light, mm-hmm. and uh, that's I suppose is where I've done most of my work in the past in spectrum is just with light in. Uh, uh, fiber optics and uh, uh, using lasers. Cool, cool. Um, but light is just another form of radio waves. Yeah, it is. Or radio waves are just another, yeah. just another form of light. It's, it's all electromagnetic radiation. Yeah. Uh, and what differs between radio waves and light is the frequency of the, uh, of the radio waves. Mm-hmm. So they're um, pulsing up and down at, at a particular frequency okay so uh you know when we talk about radio most people are familiar from with radio from the thing that they have at home or they listen to the fm radio or the am radio Mm. Uh, and there you're talking uh maybe about um maybe 100 105 megahertz or or something in in that order yeah so that's 105 million cycles per second Mm. um when we're talking about uh, radio waves for mobile systems, then we're maybe starting at around 600 megahertz. So okay. that's like six times as many cycles. Um, and what's happening is... And as cycles, that's, the that's how the wave goes. That's how quickly it oscillates. So oscillates, it's, it's, okay. Yeah, that's another, that's another, <laughs> good, another good word. But then uh, how quickly it's, it's uh, changing uh, amplitude or size. Yeah. Um, and the frequency is, is quite important when it comes to understanding of the properties of the radio waves because mm-hmm. they, they vary a little bit depending on the frequency you, you've got. But uh, mobile systems, uh, GSM systems when they came, they were maybe around uh, eight to 900 megahertz. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we then we use eighteen hundred and nineteen hundred megahertz. So yeah. now we're now, now we're nearly twenty times the speed that that your uh, of the radio waves and your FM radio. Yeah. And then we talk about it at each each of those numbers. We talk about a band. So it's not just one radio wave. There's a range of radio waves, 
between different frequencies. Mm-hmm. So in so and, and that applies to the to your radio at home as well. You've got uh, 105 megahertz radio, and will be 105 plus a bit, 105 minus a bit. Yeah, right. And it's that difference that they use when they want to put the signal on when you want right. to transmit information. Yeah. So a radio station uses that band. Mm-hmm. 105 plus a bit, 105 minus a bit. And and they use that to modulate. So that's to put your the, the radio program, your music or your chat show, is modulated onto the radio signal. Um, and FM means frequency modulation. Oh, ah. okay. I had no idea. What is AM then? Uh, amplitude modulation. Okay, okay. Shall I explain? Yes, please. Do. Yes, please. Um, so, am- amplitude modulation just means that uh, I take my radio signal uh, and uh, I make it big- bigger and smaller in-, in line with, for instance, the music. So when the music's loud, I send more radio waves, and when the music's less loud, mm-hmm. I send less. And then at the receiver, you can you can translate that when it's when I get a big signal, then I have lots of noise, and when I have less signal, I have less noise. Mm-hmm. So that's fairly straightforward to understand. Uh, frequency modulation, instead of changing how loud the signal is, we actually change what frequency it is. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe a, you know, when, the, when the sound is going up, then maybe I make the frequency higher. So I've got this band of frequencies. I push it from the middle towards the top end of the band, and then as, it, and, and then as the sound level comes down again, I put it down to bottom end of the band. And then uh, at, the, at my receiver in your radio set, uh, I can detect those changes in frequency uh, and I can work out what's happening to the music. Oh, now it's going up, now it's going down, now it's going up, down, up, down, up, down. Okay. Ah, <laughs> and, that, and that's on the basis that it's analogue, of course. And that's what we ah, talked about. The first yes. radio systems for, right. for mobile were analogue. So they were doing something similar. 2G, 3G, 4G... 5G, they're all based on digital transmission. Mm-hmm. That means instead of transmitting the size of the signal, the, the amplitude of the signal, where I do it by shifting the frequency or shifting the size of the signal, um, I convert it to a set of numbers or a set of bits. You know, I give each size of signal a, a number and then I transmit those numbers. And that's easier to transmit reliably. If I get the numbers then I can accurately recreate what I started off with mm-hmm. and, uh, and there's no noise involved. Yeah, right. So that's why, that's, that, you know, that's the advantage with DAB, for instance, instead of FM radio. Uh-huh. So as long as I get enough signal, I can get a very clean yes. reproduce. Um, but there's clever things you can do. You can put extra information in, which allows you to work out if you've lost information when it's being transmitted. Mm-hmm. Or you can have uh, protocols which allow you to resend information. And so, for instance, for Internet of Things, where you're often dealing with very small signals, they they have mechanisms there that you send the you can send the thing several times, and uh, you work out from what you receive. You know, if if one copy is corrupted, and mm-hmm. then you can kind of look at if if I get three or four copies, <laughs> then if one copy is corrupted, I can see which one is corrupted because mm. I've got something to compare it to. And it's uh, then a bigger chance that it comes that together the, at the that end. That you get the right answer. Yeah. Cool. But uh, we're, we're getting a bit yeah, distracted. Yes. Uh, spectrum. 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 Back to... Yes. Low bands. Like back to low bands. 
<laughs> I think we were on low bounce. Every, low bounce. Everything's relative. Mm-hmm. So low bounce, that's this uh, six, seven, uh, eight, nine hundred megahertz. Yeah. Which is, as I said, six times as high as your as your radio. I have here in my notes that it's uh, low bounds are below one gigahertz. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can say that. Okay. Yeah. Now low bounds, uh, low bounds are very sought after. Mm-hmm. Uh, low bands are good because they go a long way. Mm. Uh, so As in, they can go through things and they can, and also distance-wise. Yeah, uh, low low frequencies, mm-hmm. long long wavelengths. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about wavelengths, but uh, they are longer than. Ra- radio waves have both a frequency and a wave and a wavelength, so they're okay. made up. They're made up of waves which which oscillate up and down. So this, you can think of a classic mm-hmm. sine function. If you remember your sines at school, I don't know if I do that anymore. But no, everything's relative. But for mobile phones, mm-hmm. low means below one giga one gigahertz. Mm-hmm. So that's below one billion hertz. So one billion cycles. Wow. Mm-hmm. So. So the radios that coming the the radio waves coming to your mobile phone, they're only going a few hundred million times a second. <laughs> only. Only. So did did the this did we start off by using only low bands for for mobile phones? Um, yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So it's been yeah. a so progression. Uh, so over over time, and the, and the thing is, when I when I've got some radio waves, mm-hmm. and I can put radio station on it. Mm-hmm. A radio station you can think of as one chunk of information. Yeah. If I want to send more information, if I want to add some more radio stations, mm-hmm. then I need some more spectrum. Yes. Yeah. So I add some more spectrum. So if you look at uh, from 2G to 3G to 4G to 5G, mm-hmm. as they get quicker, <gasps> they need more spectrum. Yeah, because now we're going to go to like being mid bands and even high bands then they're up to 40 gigahertz up to 40 gigahertz yes the high high bands yeah that's quite a lot <laughs> yeah so now we're talking what's that 240 times faster than your 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 little radio station make the maths people <laughs> make the maths <coughs> my brain's a bit slow i need more coffee Paul's um, not even drinking coffee right now so <laughs> you do need That's why I need more coffee. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, 4G ba- runs up to about 2.6 gigahertz, 2.6 million mm. million hertz, and there are certain identified bands which you use. So you can't use you can't use any frequency. You have to use the frequencies that are agreed. Uh, and why is that? Yeah, why is that? Why is that? <gasps> Good question, Janina. Mm? <laughs> Thank you. <coughs> why is that? Well, firstly. Um, although there's a lot of spectrum about, mm. you could say there's billions of different different spectrums, infinite number of different spectrums. If you go down to dividing them up into little bits, yeah, most of them are assigned for doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything from the frequencies that you use for your remote control for your TV, for right. instance, your your Bluetooth, your right. Wi-Fi, yeah. Um, Bands for uh, different bands for radio communications for boats and mm. ships. They they have bands. There are bands that are used by satellites. There are bands that are used by your your television of you course. Know, transmission. There's bands for your FM radio. So there's lots. So of there's a lot of radio waves out there. There's a lot of radio waves out there, but there's a lot of people that want to use them, mm. and there's a lot of people that could get you know 
they could probably do more if they got access to more. Mm-hmm. And then we've seen that, that as time goes on, the use of bands changes so that in many places, for instance, um, we don't send analogue TV anymore, we have digital TV. Yeah. And that's, that's meant that, that we can free up spectrum which we can use for other things. Mm-hmm. There is all this spectrum mm-hmm. um, and you need to agree on who uses what spectrum for yeah. what because uh, that way you know, the people that make the network and the people that make the devices and, and, and everyone in between mm-hmm. they're, they're all agreed on exactly how things will work and Yeah, it wouldn't be nice if there was interference yeah. in everything and Interference, very good, very oh, good word Thank That's, you, Paul yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, you want to be sure that uh, you know, when, you're, when you're using Spectrum for something that you're not unexpectedly finding someone else trying to use it for something completely different Mm-hmm. And then different countries maybe have different views on things. Mm-hmm. So that whole process and there are regulators around the world for for each individual country or geography who are, are trying to decide, well, what happens? So how do we want to use Spectrum? But they also want to be aligned with their neighbours and there's, a, there's big advantages. So, for instance, with mobile phones, if everybody chooses to use the same frequency bands, mm-hmm. then the people make mobile phones and the people that make networks make one frequency band and they can use it anywhere. People that buy a mobile phone right. can take it to another country and mm. it still works because they're using exactly the same standard, which we <gasps> talked about last time, and exactly the same frequency bands. So Very nice for the <coughs> user. Mm. So harmonization of, of uh, spectrum is uh, interesting and important. Mm. Um, and international negotiations that take place around... Uh, who uses what spectrum for what use um, to try and to get that international agreement? Notwithstanding that, there's there are you know the different areas or different regions who still choose to to use things in a in a different way across mm-hmm. that region. Saying so, some bands some some bands may be assigned for mobile networks for specific geographies. Do you have an example? Um, yeah, the, the, I know there are some bands, for instance, which which are used specifically in Japan, for instance. Mm-hmm. So the, their their bands, which are which are, which the Japanese have said we want to use these for for mobile, but they're not used, or they're not used in the same way in, in, in uh, or defined in the same way in in, in other areas. Mm-hmm. But generally, you know, the, there's a move to try and agree which bands we use. How about what what's been talked about this week that there are spectrum auctions? And I read an article that the FCC, which is the Federal Communications Co- Communications Commission in the US, have started auctioning off, or will very shortly start auctioning off different spectrum bands. <coughs> different spectrum bands. What's that all about? Yeah. Well. Uh, once you've agreed that you're going to use a certain band for um, a mobile network, mm-hmm. say, and and maybe there's a time plan for how you phase out the whoever was using it before because mm-hmm. they need to stop using it before you, before you can use it, mm-hmm. uh, then you need to decide, well, just who does get to use it. Now, in, internationally, you can say there are, there are different ways of, uh, you know, for a government to decide how, how are we going to use the spectrum for... Mm-hmm. For, for this country. And of course, mobile communications can be seen as like a strategic asset for, for, a, for an economy. Um, it, it contributes to 
um, economic activity in a country. It's you know it's important for the development of, of business and for and it's you know important for individuals in their in their daily life. Yeah. So generally speaking, governments want to uh, encourage investment or encourage deployment and use of in this case 5G and we see a lot of interest around the world in who's going to be first in 5G when's 5G going to come to my country uh, you know when are we able to get going to get hold of 5G uh, an important part of that is when do we get spectrum mm. when have i got frequencies that i can use for 5G and an important part of that is if we're going to introduce new spectrum uh, for 5G there's a lot of focus on both what you can say maybe the high end of the mid-band yeah. so that spectrum is spectrum like three and a half gigahertz yeah which we don't use today for 4g um and then what you would call high band spectrum mm-hmm. um what we loosely call millimeter wave right there we have another thing that's very much talked about in the in in conjunction with with 5g millimeter wave yeah, why is it called millimeter wave, Paul? Because the waves are about a millimeter long. Oh. Ah. Seems very sensible, really, yes. doesn't it? <laughs> Makes sense, that name now. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Those, and, and there we're talking 29 gigahertz, 39 gigahertz. So that's, so that's 39 billion cycles mm. per second. That's a very high band, yeah. That, that's a very high band. Mm. Uh, we do use higher bands. Mm-hmm. In the mobile infrastructure, but not for the mobile signal. Um, so, uh, what we call what we call microwave transmission systems. Right. Uh, they started off in some of the bands we use today for mobile phones. Mm-hmm. Microwaves that you use at home. The I microwave ovens. The microwave ovens. Mm. They use a very specific band that's I think somewhere around two gigahertz. <laughs> So cooking food is also using radio waves. Cooking food with microwaves is, is also using radio <laughs> waves. Yeah. But a higher power level and, and as I say, very specific frequencies mm-hmm. which, which are chosen to resonate mm. with, uh, with, the, with the food, with the molecules yeah. in the food. And then, of <coughs> course, then we also use microwaves to transmit uh, data. We also use microwaves to transmit data. Yeah. And those um, are the, uh, usually the big... Uh, how can you describe it? Uh, you see them on on. Um, well, they look. They, can, they can look like satellite antennas. Yeah, they look a little bit like satellites, but, uh, often but they with look, a f- straight often, front. Yeah, of, often you might see something that looks a bit like a cheese. If you think of a round, yeah, a, a big, big round uh, edam cheese uh, or edam cheese, or you know, a big round chunk of cheddar. <coughs> yeah, some of them are huge. Some yeah. of them are huge. Yeah, in you know, maybe it's the size of a dinner plate. But then you can get, then you can get, as you say, ones mm. which are much, much physically much bigger. Yeah. Uh, and that depends a little bit on uh, what the frequency band is, and also how you design an antenna is is uh, how effective it is. It's a quite quite an interesting way of remembering that that's a microwave antenna if you think about it as a plate. <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Just don't put it in the dishwasher. <laughs> <coughs> Please continue. I know that there is talk yeah. about the E band. Yeah. So 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 what we're talking about now for five G is that mm-hmm. you know the the your telephones will use up to maybe 
39 gigahertz or something around there. There is talk of going higher. But microwave systems, because we want to use those bands for using for mobile telephones, they're starting to use even higher frequencies, so 60 gigahertz and maybe even 100 gigahertz. And that uh, that, you know, that gives great opportunities for, for high capacities, which you need in, in the network. If, we, if we're all going to send lots of data, yeah. then we have to get it from our phones into the mobile network mm. and from the mobile antenna back into the internet yes and uh, we use uh, we can use fiber for that but uh, in a lot of places if there isn't already fiber it, it's quicker and easier maybe to put in a microwave link yeah so we see fiber and microwave being both important in in building out the network later and that's uh, what we call backhaul right it is and also we talk about uh, the transport networks, right? Uh, we do. We're, we always have a, in, interesting discussions because words, words in technology, technology words get uh, used uh, multiple times to mean different things. Mm-hmm. So transport for many people means trucks mm-hmm. and lorries. Yes. But if you work in, uh, in uh, the telecoms industries, transport means sending data information over optical fibers or microwave links and so it's it's the same concept Mm. what do you do with a lorry you put loads of stuff into it and you transport it to somewhere yeah and uh, what do you do with a transport network in telecoms you put lots of data into it and transport it somewhere Mm. so the same the same word same concept applied in a different uh, industry but we were talking about auctions Spectrum auctions. Spectrum auctions. Mm, back to that. Yes, back, back to that. So, um, you know, if you want to introduce a new spectrum band and uh, you have uh, normally a number of operators in the country that uh, that run mobile services and maybe a few other people that, that aren't running mobile services at the moment that would also like to be a mobile operator or maybe they want to start doing home broadband using fixed wireless access. Mm-hmm. To be able to do that, they need to have some spectrum. Yes. So, I mean, the government can give it away, mm-hmm. or they can, you know, they can choose to give it to certain actors and say, "Here, I'm, I'm going to gift you this spectrum so that mm-hmm. you can build a, a network for the people." I guess um, that's uh, very common when it comes to the police. Um, they must have certain spectrums for for their radio communication. Yeah, so there are radio communications that the, that the police use, mm-hmm. um, mobile networks, mo- mobile radio networks, and there's spect- the spectrum dedicated for those, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, although that's an area where uh, we see in mission critical systems, which is, or, or blue light systems for, mm-hmm. the, for the emergency services, uh, that's an area where they're also starting to look at using the mobile network to be able to deliver that type of uh, capability, mm. but uh, choosing that spectrum and and uh, giving it to the police authorities must be something that the governments are. Yeah, uh, I, I guess the government wouldn't want to s- to auction the spectrum to to see who who gets to run the police, uh, which police force mm-hmm. gets to have s- communications. Oh, yeah. the <laughs> com- get the uh, the ambulance service competing with the uh, fire service <laughs> for who for who gets the spectrum. <laughs> That's maybe enough. but but it's quite common. Uh, know when you want to launch a new service like 5g yeah we'll say well uh, we've got this amount of spectrum mm-hmm. we will split it into blocks mm-hmm. and then we'll put it up for auction and uh, you know we'll see who pays what mm-hmm. basically basically let the market decide on 
On how much it's on, worth. On, on how much it's worth, mm -hmm. or how much to invest. And of course, from a, from an operator's point of view, they need to have spectrum, but maybe they have a strategy of how much spectrum do they, do they need? Mm -hmm. What spectrum have I got already? What would what would work well together? Because there are different characteristics for different spectrums. So depending on what I, how I want to develop my network, then you know maybe I I have more use of a particular frequency band that's that's on offer than a, than an, another one. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of in interesting things from the operator side of which spectrum can they be interested in. Then of course. Um, the more I pay for Spectrum, maybe the less money I have to actually build out my network. Of course. Um, so, uh, you know, everyone needs to work out what's, what's, how much is the Spectrum worth to me, given that I need to have some, but I can't afford to spend a you know, super amount of money on it. And that's also consideration, of course, for governments. Mm. You know, it's nice to, to bring in revenue, but if, uh, if my government wants to stimulate the economy by, by building out 5G, now, if uh, if the prices for Spectrum are too high, uh, maybe they don't get the build out at the speed they wanted. Right, because they um, have the budget, mm. and, and they have the budget. But uh, and then and then quite often, maybe there are conditions applied to Spectrum. So, if mm. you buy this Spectrum, then you need to make sure that within five years, ninety percent of the, or ninety five percent of the population get coverage, so are able to use the service, mm -hmm. so that you you can push operators. Mm -hmm to uh, invest to use that spectrum everywhere because that's you know th that's a way of uh, incentivizing the operators not to just connect up the areas where they can easily get lots of users mm -hmm. but even to provide coverage for people in in rural areas <laughs> who really want the same services that you can get in the city but there aren't as many people there so maybe it's harder you know you need to you need to put more money in to give them the same service when there are fewer subscribers so there could be yeah you have to you have to sign up for conditions yeah. to, to be able to buy it. so on the one on the one hand you you know you may see that uh, you know spectrum going to the highest bidder given the spectrum is like a public asset mm -hmm. uh, spectrum in going to the highest bidder you know, some people might complain that you know it's a public service thing. Why should we sell it to the highest bidder? But at the same time, they are taking a, an undertaking to to provide public service. So there's uh, you know there's there's checks and balances in, in that process. Yeah, we could say that that's what we call license spectrum when you have that's a license spectrum. Yes. So should we talk a little bit about the unlicensed spectrum as well? Then what is that? Um, unlicensed spectrum. Uh, you could say it's. It's kind of the opposite. With license spectrum, I buy license and I get unrestricted use of a particular band, uh, and nobody else does. In some cases, you can s there are situations where you can get license for a particular band in a particular area, and nobody else does. Mm -hmm. But in a different area, maybe someone else has that license. But unlicensed spectrum is spectrum which anyone can use. Mm -hmm. But that's not the same as uncontrolled spectrum, because... Uh, for anyone to use it, you need to have mechanisms that make it useful for anyone to use. Mm -hmm. If one user is transmitting at very high levels, for instance, audible, if you were to stand with a loudspeaker and and and, uh, and and shout into the microphone, people would hear you over a very wide area, and it might be difficult for them to hold a conversation. So there are often conditions on using unlicensed spectrum. Uh, you can only transmit with certain power levels, so that you're not you're not able to shout over the microphone. You can use it to, for a normal conversation, mm -hmm. 
if you have an idea of something you want to use radio for mm -hmm. um, and you don't have any spectrum dedicated for what you want to do, mm -hmm. you can use unlicensed spectrum. Oh. Classic example is, is Wi-Fi, which is built to use uh, you know, bands for which, uh, which don't require you to have a license. Mm -hmm. So that you as an individual user can put up a radio station your Wi-Fi router, and you can use and you can use the radio, but it's it's limited in how strong the signal can be, mm -hmm. so that uh, you can re keep reusing that that spectrum all across the city and all across the country. Mm. So is Wi-Fi always on unlicensed spectrum? Wi-Fi is on unlicensed spectrum. Cool. We have our first interview here at the Voice of Five G podcast. Sibel Tombas. Yes. Welcome. You're the strategic product manager for Ericsson Spectrum Sharing. Yes, correct. And you know a lot about that. A, lo a lot about Spectrum. This uh, podcast episode is about 5G Spectrum. Yes. Yeah. So there are definitely many experts know more than me, but at least in this area, I would say I'm, I know enough. <laughs> Good. <laughs> then perhaps you can tell us a little bit. Yeah, I'm, um, so I study engineering. Mm -hmm. uh, I study telecommunication engineering in, in uh, bachelor. Then I had master, and then I had PhD, uh, and I did my PhD at KTH in wireless communication systems. So, so exactly just to, on just to stop you there, KTH is the uh, Kumulega Technische Hochschule, and yes. in Stockholm, which is the <laughs> yes. which is the preeminent um, technical university in Stockholm. I was going to say Sweden, but people from Chalmers might disagree. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, thank you, Paul. Uh, yes, and I did my, my PhD there, focusing on uh, like wireless networks, how to deploy it, how to make it cost and energy efficient networks for operators. Then I started in Ericsson, initially in Ericsson Research, and started working on 5G. It was the first part of the first years of the standardization and all the concept developments, uh, and writing patents, bringing mm. to, to 3GBP the new technology, and I think I was there. It was a perfect time. And mm. the last two years I have been in product management, and uh, then we basically come up with these good innovative solutions that change the like the way we look at the spectrum, the the way we look at different technologies, and the way we look at how to introduce a new technology in your existing networks with the lowest cost uh, and most efficient way possible. And I think yeah. for me, it's one of the breakthrough uh, I think for our industry. Wow, I think I yeah I'd agree. I just want to think about. Mm making 5g reality and putting into networks it's actually one of the most important things uh, i think that after you've got the standard and 5g you know is there and works uh, how am i going to roll it out how am i going to deliver a 5g service mm. and and still keep my 4g service up and running yeah i mean we, we have to start from this from the beginning here mm. so there is uh, spectrum auctions mm. going on right now so i mean uh, it's definitely very important because in 5g we see that there is not only one band that we had seen in LTE. Mm -hmm. So in LTE, we started with one or two main bands that it was global. In 5G, we seen completely diverse bands are utilizing different parts of the world. In US, we have more millimeter wave. Millimeter wave means like 28, 29 gigahertz. That's large bandwidth in Europe, in Sweden. Most of the time, we will we'll have 3.5 mid band. And mm -hmm. these are the new spectrum. So the government needs to open the auction operators uh, uh, and demand to buy a certain new spectrum. Uh, and spectrum sharing is important in the existing bands, existing LT bands, because we think that in 5G you will need all these bands. You will need millimeter wave for peak rate. 
if you really want to see four, five gigabit per second, you will need millimeter wave. Mm -hmm. There is no way you can uh, do it. Hmm. You want Got capacity yeah. because mm -hmm. you have more and more users. They they are using more and more sm smartphones. They are using all this smart uh, um, uh, social media, all the videos. It means that we need capacity, and that's why you need midband because it is about optical antenna systems and more bandwidth. But you need coverage, and mm -hmm. coverage is about low band. In that case, you have to go to existing LTE bands. Uh, and there, of course, to, to reduce the cost of the operators to invest or em employ or put 5G, then that's basically how the spectrum sharing comes to the picture. Yeah. So uh, as an overall, we see that for there will not be an only one 5G band. There will be many. And spectrum sharing is a piece of it that has value both creating the low band for all the use cases that requires coverage, but at the same time increasing the value of the new spectrum that they are going to buy. Because we basically see that uh, for when the operators buy 3.5, let's say mid-band, that will pay a lot of money. Uh, and this low band will increase their value because they, they will extend the coverage. They will actually use serve more users if they have this low band there. The spectrum sharing, what is Ericsson spectrum sharing? What, what is it doing? So it's, uh, it's a good question. Um, I mean, as its name, it's, it is about sharing the spectrum dynamically. And uh, so before, maybe when we start from the different previous technologies, so when, when we bring the 3G or when we had the 4G, we had the new spectrum. And uh, then operators kind of acquire spectrums generally in these lower FTD bands or, um, and, and then they basically need to deploy a new radio, new base bands, so need to co make a completely new rollout. And uh, it was very difficult for them to reuse the same spectrum they already had and they already paid millions of dollars because it mm -hmm. was not feasible to, to run two different technologies in the same spectrum. And that mm -hmm. become the majority of the cost for operators. Mm. So in 5G, what are we doing is, uh, we know LTE is, is extremely important. It mm -hmm. carries majority of the traffic today. So operators cannot really afford to take a certain band and give it to 5G. Mm -hmm. And also they cannot really afford not having a low band in, in 5G. They need coverage layer. And with this problem, we just came come with an idea that let's just run these two technologies together in the millisecond level. So we are talking about two technologies that are in the physical layer are very similar. And we are doing a coordination in the millisecond level so that the same spectrum can run both LTE and 5G at the same time in the same radio and in the same baseband. So it's almost like no cost for operators except the software touch. So I think that is that is basically the the key solution. And I think for me the clever part is that that you don't have to to take spectrum from 4G to be able to launch 5G. Mm. Yes. Because if you take if you take spectrum from 4G, then the performance of the network for the 4G user that's that's us until yes. we buy a 5 5G subscription. Yes. Performance gets worse. So I you know. No, nobody wants to launch a 5G solution by making their existing service worse. Yes, mm. exactly. And I mean, when you look at it, the, the first 5G phones will come next year, and it will take a lot of time when the UE penetration, when the new, op when the, when us start buying the new phones, changing our phones yeah. that are 5G capable, mm -hmm. and uh, and basically our mobility report our shows that in the next five years, 80% of the traffic will still come from 4G. So it will take a lot of time for 5G traffic to kind of ramp up and then get maybe similar level of 4G. It means that it will be extremely important to sustain 
the, the performance in LTE because most of the users will still use uh, 4G for a long time. Yeah. So we cannot really afford to take certain bandwidth mm. from 4G and give it to the 5G user, which there are few of them. Mm. And now we don't, they don't need to do that now. So this will be a part of this more seamless transfer towards 5G yes. uh, instead of like this uh, hard cut that might have been in previous uh, yes. Gs. Yes, mm? exactly. And it's exactly like that. So they don't, um, first of all, they don't need to really start looking into this traffic and, and make this planning and when to launch and can I really get this spectrum from 4G, how fast we will do it like with this our scheduling algorithm in the in a millisecond basis. So they don't need to make any kind of migration um, plannings and uh, evaluations mm. that they take months or sometimes years. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, a pretty good invention <laughs> then. Yes, uh, we are very proud. Yeah, and uh, also I read that this is something that's unique for Ericsson. Yes, yes it is. Uh, so, I mean, it is unique because it requires, um, and we have actually a lot of patents already, mm -hmm. uh, I must say, uh, and uh, it also requires not only the very good software solution uh, that make can make this coordination very, very fast. As I said, millisecond level, this is extremely fast. Uh, but at the same time, you need to have a unique hardware can that do that. So in that case, I think we have kind of combination more both because we have radios that already are out there running 4G and they are capable of running 5G. And that is unique, mm. first of all. And our yes. baseband that are in the field that running 4G today, is actually capable of running 5G as well. Mm. And, and our baseband can also actually make this very, very fast coordination that is also very unique. Mm. So overall, I think the solution um, mm. is, is definitely a, a key for operators and, and we are very proud to yeah. bring such mm. solution to the market next year. But, but if, if this solution is unique to Ericsson, does that mean I have to have a special telephone to work to an Ericsson network? No, definitely not. <laughs> so we are ensuring that we are, of course, we have our partners, our chipset partners that we normally, even in every technology, we work very closely. But for our this Ericsson Spectrum sharing solution uh, with our key partners, we under NDA, we shared all our uh, ideas to ensure that nothing that we must miss in the receiver side. And uh, so now we get basically confirmation from the three major chipset vendors that the solution will be supported uh, in their phones all the chipsets and the mm. phones. So, so, that's, so that's the people that make the chips that go into the telephones that people buy? Yes, yeah. so Qualcomm, yeah. Intel, I mean, yeah. just these big players yeah. that do all, most of the uh, phones, like iPhone and everyone is basically using their chipset. Mm. So it will not be like uh, to specific UEs. All the yeah. UEs in the market will, will benefit from this. Mm. If you have a, that operator. Exactly, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's very good cool. to know. Mm. So interaction between the bands is also very important. Yeah. Mm. Yes. That's, that's one of those. It's one of those classic cases of one plus one is three. Yes. When you, exactly. When you take two bands and use them together in the right way, you get a lot more coverage and capacity than you do yes. just using one band or using each band. Yes. Separately. Definitely, it's a very well put. One plus one more than three. So by mid band more than three more than three, more than three. by mid band low band and then you do irrigation you get more than more than three. Sure. So what are we talking about next week, Janina? Yeah, uh, I've heard that there is this Ericsson Mobility Report coming out next week with new numbers and new forecasts, uh, one more year of forecast figures. And I guess we're going to know a lot more about what's happening with 5G 
and um, maybe some hot topics as well that, and some uh, hot, hot that, topics. that goes with that. Yeah. So I've invited the editor in chief for Ericsson Mobility Report, Patrick Serval, to come here and talk some mobility report figures. Oh, that's going to be exciting. Yeah. So see you next week. See you next week. Bye.